0: Hello and welcome to mini episode 210 of Real Life Ghost Stories. And before we get started today, apologies first of all for this episode being slightly later than usual, but also it is very stormy here in England, so if you hear that storm in the background, it's just adding to the atmosphere, that's all it's doing. And I have two spooky stories for you today, and the last story comes from the 19th of September 2022, and story number one comes from Jared. Ever since I was little, I've always had a fascination with the paranormal. Ghosts, aliens, and so on. I find it truly amazing to think about the fact that people can still be on the earth even though they've passed. So I've always been on the hunt for true experiences. In that hunt, I have admittedly done some unwise things and I've come across some truly unnerving things. My fascination all started when I was around 10 years old. I was spending some time at my grandparents' house. I had my best friends spending the night with me. As young kids do we were trying to stay awake all night. My friend had two Nintendo DS games and he had just got the new Harry Potter Goblet of Fire game for them so we were having the grandest of times. At around 2 or so in the morning while trying to beat the dragon in the game we both heard the sound of someone walking in the hallway. We both kind of glanced at the door which was cracked open. We saw what looked like my grandpa's figure walking into the kitchen, no big deal, so we kept at the game. Then we heard a faint knocking on the window that we were both sitting two feet from. We both quickly looked and I couldn't believe what I saw. Staring back at me, and seemingly only me, were pale, dead, yellow eyes with an even more pale face. This thing's teeth were small but sharp looking. It was just sitting there with a horrifying smile on its face. Every single hair I had on my body was trying to rip themselves out of my skin. I asked my friend if he could see it. He shakingly said yes. Then out of the face came a tongue. It was a long and slimy tongue. It was very venomous looking. The thing about this figure... It was super fake looking and I've never heard of a ghost looking like this. So I assumed it was a person in a scary mask. The odd part was though, is that I could see through the face. I could see the moonlight gleaming off the metal poles of the trampoline through the cheek of this figure. After we screamed and jumped back, we adjusted our gaze back to the window and the thing was gone. I went to see if my grandparents were messing with us, but they were both asleep in their bed. To this day, I don't know what it was. I don't know what my friend thought because after that night I never saw him again. The strange thing is I can't remember his name and when I asked my grandparents about him they have no idea who I'm talking about so I'm kind of seriously confused about that. But that did spark my interest in all things paranormal. So fast forward a couple of years. It was your cliché rainy midnight. I now have a little sister and at this time she's maybe 3 or 4 years old. She would wake up through the night sometimes because she was scared and she would come and lay with me and I would protect her. Well, since it was raining and kind of a scary toned night, me being the good big brother, I decided to scare her when she got into my room. My bed was against the wall right next to the doorway, so I could hear her little footsteps coming down the hallway. Right before you cross the threshold of my doorway, the floorboard creaks. Once you hear that, someone is coming into the room. So I was hiding under my covers, waiting to pop out and scare her. I hear the creak and coil up ready to jump, but there was nothing. No one came into my room and the footsteps stopped. Then all of a sudden I felt static, and out of nowhere my radio that was on my computer desk across the room came to life at full volume. Nothing but static, loud enough for God himself to hear. After what felt like hours, my mom came bursting into my room yelling at me for waking her and my little sister up. Of course, she didn't believe that it wasn't me. I got grounded and we moved on. I'm not sure what it was, but a week later I decided to ask. So I went to my living room at 1am, naturally, and I asked. I sat there recording on my phone and asking questions until the sun came up. Then I listened to what I got. For the whole time, only one question got answered. The question was, why did you turn on my radio? The answer I got was a woman's voice. It wasn't threatening or scary, just a normal woman's soft voice saying, because it's fucking cool. The fact that someone who wasn't there answered me blew my mind. Besides hearing footsteps and doors being locked when I didn't lock them, and little things like that, nothing really happened for a while. I would ask and talk and invite and I never really got much. So I acquired a Ouija board. My little brother and I used it one time and nothing really happened. So my best friend and my little brother got ballsy and went to our local haunted cemetery and used it. This time there were answers. I asked if anyone was there. After a couple of seconds of nothing the planchette moved to yes. We heard some branches snapping around us so we took our eyes off the board and tried to see what broke the branches. After seeing nothing we got back to the game. We only asked two more questions. I asked what it wanted. The planchette slowly moved over the D, then slid to the E, then over to the A, T, H. I asked the last question. You want someone to die? It moved over to yes. After that, we decided that enough was enough for one night, so we packed up and left. A month or so later... I got my own place for the first time. It was a big adjustment going from being around people all the time to being on my own. So I went and adopted a black cat and named him T'Challa. For a while me and T'Challa got through each day with happiness and fun. Then one night I felt really uneasy in my apartment. I felt as though eyes were on me, watching my every move. It was really unsettling. The next day when I got back from work. Scattered all over my living room was contents from my dresser that was stashed away in my closet in the bedroom and I couldn't find my cat. I looked around and my boy was shut in the bathroom. I looked in the closet and the top drawer was on the floor. There were clothes all over the floor. Side note, I don't ever shut the bathroom door because that's where T'Challa's litter box was. And I never leave my closet door open because I don't want the cat to climb my clothes and tear them up. I tried to tell myself the landlord came by or somebody broke in, but things just didn't add up. That night, I had a very disturbing dream. In the dream, I was standing in the living room of a giant mansion-like house. I looked up on the stairs and there was this black mist just floating there. Then, out of thin air, a monstrous deep voice asked who I was. In my dream, I told it. The voice asked if I believed in God. I said i do. Then the voice said, Well, call to him if you think he can help you. The mist then rushed me. I woke startled. The problem with me waking up is I wasn't in my bed. I was standing in my closet, dripping with sweat. I choked it up to a bad dream and tried to move on. Jump forward a week or so. I had a couple more dreams like that one throughout the week. In that week, there were a couple more incidents but I can't say they were paranormal because a little Mary J had been consumed. However, the day and night in question was the most terrifying thing I've ever been through. So it was a normal work day. I came home at about 4 or 5 p.m. When I got home, I couldn't find my cat. So I looked in all the places he liked to sleep and hide and I couldn't find him anywhere. So I'm kind of freaking out. I went to the office and asked if they'd come to my apartment and possibly accidentally let the cat out. They said they hadn't. There was an old war vet that would sit outside in the garden area literally all day, and he could see my door from his vantage point, so I asked him if he saw black cat running around, and he hadn't. I was in total panic mode now. I got back inside to see maybe if I just missed a spot or the cat came out on his own. He did not. By this time, as I rattled the kitty treats he loved, I heard a faint meowing. I slowly started to track it down and i found my poor cat in the microwave with the door shut it was one of those microwaves where you have to press the button with some decent force to open it so even in the spirit of skepticism i will say maybe he was able to open it however there was no way he was able to shut the door on himself no way so i took him out hugged him thanked god i found him and that he was okay i gave him all the treats and food that he wanted As bedtime started to creep up, I started to get ready for bed. Me and T'Challa went to bed and tried sleeping. I had blackout curtains so it was pitch black. As I laid there, I started getting a feeling of uneasiness and tension. Then, out of the corner of my eye, I saw a black shadow mist on my ceiling, making its way slowly towards my closet. I wanted to get some sleep, so I was like, nah, it's just a shadow from outside. Then I heard my closet open. And again, against my better judgment, I looked and saw the black shadow go into the closet, so I started to pray. The moment I said, dear God, I heard a grunt. I started smelling what I thought was sulphur, and the level of tension in the air just skyrocketed. I continued to pray and I noticed the shadow had come back out of the closet and was making its way in a slithery motion to directly over my bed. So naturally, I threw the covers over my face. Now this whole time I was scared, but the sense of fear wasn't that bad, just mostly tension. But when I pulled the covers over my face, I grabbed my Bible. And as soon as my hand touched the Bible, a crazy amount of fear shot through the dark like a bullet. I couldn't see anything through the covers, but my eyes were closed and I could see the devil in my mind. I felt scared for life. I was holding strong until I heard my cat start growling like it was about to fight. When I heard that, I threw the covers off, scooped up my cat, and we went and slept in the car. Naturally, I moved out shortly after that. At my new apartment, I was there for a few months, and nothing really happened. Then I started having crazy dreams about this ball of black mist just sitting in the doorway like it was looking at me. Then one day, while I was sitting in my living room, I saw a shadow fly up the stairs out of the corner of my eye. Nothing too bad, but that night I had a dream that I was throwing a party in some random house. When the party ended, I was cleaning up and the upstairs light started flickering. So in my dream, I yelled, Damn ghost, chill, I'm not scared of you. Then the most horrifying, deep, guttural voice responded, You fucking should be. Then immediately in my dream, it warped to me back in my house, staring at the ball of mist I had previously seen in other dreams. In the dream, I was fed up, so I yelled at it. I said, Bring it on! And I started rushing it. It rushed me and we collided and it disappeared in my body and it was painful. When I felt that pain I woke up and sat up in bed and I was screaming and drenched in sweat. I truly think there was an attempted possession so I went to the church and talked with a pastor. The dream stopped for almost two years until about a week ago. I've since moved to a different city. Got a girl who I intend to marry and moved in with her. Just recently we started hearing things and even some things like falling off platforms. Well, after I saw my keys slide off the holder and fall to the floor. That night I had a dream where I was running through a forest at night. I stopped running because in front of me was the same demon devil I could picture in my head all those years ago. I couldn't see his face or anything. It was all just dark. Then it spoke. It was the same deep guttural voice that said, I finally found you. And I woke up screaming and drenched in sweat. Totally freaked out my girl. I know this is what I deserve since I played a Ouija board in a cemetery. I've always asked for proof that there is an afterlife and now I know. I'm not worried that anything bad is going to happen because I know I have God on my side but it is still frightening. If it starts to get bad, like it did in the past, then I would have to start looking into cleanses and whatnot because I'm not really sure what else to do. Hello Jared, Uh, just to say that we love you, this is a safe space and you are free to share everything in this space. But don't play Ouija boards in a cemetery. If we've learned nothing from this podcast over the last four years. We have learned that Ouija boards and cemeteries do not mix. However, I don't think playing a Ouija board in a cemetery is enough of an excuse for like a demon to be following you around. You know what I mean? Like, people are doing worse things out there, man. People are doing worse things in the world than playing a Ouija board in a cemetery. And if you're, like, a young kid, you know what I mean? You're a teenager, whatever, playing a Ouija board in a cemetery, you don't deserve to be followed around by a demon for the rest of your life for that. I really don't think so. And um, that thing that you saw, sorry, going back to your first, the first part of your story that thing that you saw with your pal in the bedroom looking in the window all I could see in my head was Venom and as in the the creature Venom is Venom a man or a creature? I don't know I haven't seen the film so I just know what he looks like that's what I can picture and I'm not here for it like the fact that it's see-through as well makes, makes me think that it's ghostly or like you said like you would initially think oh it's somebody in a mask but then if you're seeing through it what does that mean? where is your friend now? Like what what happened to him afterwards? How did you never see him again? You know, did, was he was he consumed by the creature that was outside the window? That's probably not a helpful thing to say. You definitely wasn't consumed by the creature outside the window. But that's pretty freaky. And I would like to say as well that um being like haunted by the radio because you had planned to scare your sister as the little sister in my household growing up, I would just like to say that you deserved that scare for for planning on scaring your little sister. It is unnecessary, it is uncool. Little sisters have a really hard time when it comes to older brothers freaking them out purposefully and scaring them. But again, scary woman on the radio, fine. Being followed by a demon for all eternity for playing Ouija board in a graveyard, I don't know, just seems pretty unfair. And it sounds like whatever it is that is haunting your dreams is pretty horrific. So that black mist thing, all that demon, demon ghost voices, putting the cat in the microwave, I mean, that's... That's a that's a line I will draw. That is a step too far. At that point, and I'm sure that Jared, you felt the same. And when I found that cat in the microwave, I'd be like, okay, demon, I see you putting my cat in the microwave. Let's get in an old priest and a young priest and fuck shit up for you because no. Harming animals crosses the line. Obviously, I know the cat wasn't harmed, right? But locking a cat in a, in a small space crosses a line. That crosses a line, demon. And me and and you, we'd be going head to head. We would be battling. It is not happening. And Jared, I hope that your dreams are just a one-off and that it's not going to start happening again and that some of the kind of weird stuff that's been happening in your new house is maybe just coincidence or... Yeah, I I hope it's not happening again. And story number two comes from Kristen. I was so excited that you read my story last year. I wrote about the Inca house with the reverberating bangs and the sparkly ghost. I wanted to write in about some other of my experiences, namely the man in my bathroom as a child. This really started things off and I feel like it's the next chapter after Inca. We moved into a red brick house when I was 7. It was the first home that my parents owned. They saved and worked hard to buy us a nice home in a good neighbourhood. It was a 3 bedroom home with 2 bathrooms. My sister and I shared the back of the house with a Jack and Jill bathroom to ourselves. From the start, I felt very uncomfortable in this bathroom. It was small with only a toilet, pedestal sink and a small shower with a textured glass door on it. Sitting on the toilet, you were looking into the shower. I always felt like I would see someone in the shower through the textured glass. My sister and I would more often than not use the main bathroom that was my parents' bedroom. I avoided it if I could. That night my fear of the bathroom became terror. I was so sure that a man would come out of the bathroom every night and I always made sure that the door was always closed. Always. The other place that made me feel very uncomfortable was the garage. My sister and I used to play in the attic. The entrance was in the garage through a door in the ceiling. To access it you had to pull down a set of folding stairs and push open the hatch into the attic. We started a club called the Light in the Attic Club after the Shell Silverstein poem, and would spend hours up there, but I would never go alone and hated when my sister ran downstairs for anything, I was convinced someone was in the garage looking up the foldaway stairs, waiting for me to look down. The image was so clear in my mind that I would feel frozen with fear until my sister came back or I called for someone to come out into the garage. It was the same that night. As soon as I was in bed, I would lay frozen with fear, stiff as a board, flat on my back so I could see the bathroom door, absolutely sure that it would slowly creep open and there would be a man just past the light where I couldn't see him looking at me. That is why I always made sure the door stayed closed. As we got older, my sister would love to terrorise me. She thought it was funny to sneak into the bathroom and open it just a crack so that if I woke up in the night, I would see it open. She did this more often the older we got. When we moved into the home I was 7 and my sister was 9 and we lived there until I was 15. Every single night I was terrified for 8 years. I told my mom about this many times and she told me I had nothing to be afraid of. She even walked me through the house at night with all the lights off as a kind of exposure therapy. Down the hallway, through the back bathroom, into the garage with nothing but the streetlights streaming through the windows for light. I felt as taut as an overstrung guitar with fear when we would do this, waiting to see this man that I could see in my mind so clearly. Things started to occur in my sister's room when she was gone for the night. There is one incident that I remember the most. She was staying the night at a friend's house. After everyone went to bed, I turned my light out and I began to hear sounds in her room. Her room was directly across the hallway from mine. It sounded like papers being moved, then maybe something heavier like clothes. It continued and grew more and more until it sounded like a strong wind was blowing papers all over her room but there was no sound of the wind, only the papers flying around. I was petrified. It was pitch black, looking across the hall into her room. I knew it was empty, yet I could hear all of this movement. So many nights in that house, I don't remember going to sleep just waking up in the morning. I think more often than not, I would finally pass out from exhaustion. When we bought a house in the next town, after eight years in the home, my mom finally confided in me. She told me that the previous owners were an older couple. She said that the man had gotten into the shower one morning before work and had a heart attack. It killed him instantly. His wife thought he had left for work already and she left for the day. Upon coming home, she found him still in the shower with the water running. My mom wasn't sure if telling me would make me more afraid or help me. She told me he was a tinkerer and spent his time in the garage building things. I felt some sort of relief and justification at this, as I knew a man was there. I also felt sad for him because I imagine he was very confused as to what happened to him, and must have realised this little girl could see him and knew he was there. If I was older, maybe I could have helped. Interestingly enough, this scenario repeated in a very similar way 25 years later. I'll have to write in about that one, It was a year after the most recent one that I decided that maybe I could help these people. I began actively helping people speak with their deceased loved ones in my late 30s. To this day, I specifically think back to the man in the bathroom and the second incident in the bathroom when I was older and feel bad that I wasn't in a place to help them. Sometimes I think maybe I should go back to these homes and try. On another note, I still dream about that first house. I don't dream of it often, but it always has the same terrifying feel. I hope he found his way out. Oh, I hope so too. But isn't it amazing that you could sense a, a male presence in the house? There is nothing kind of worse. Okay, actually, there's lots of things worse. But I love speaking in hyperbole, so we're just going to go for it. There is nothing worse than thinking that something is just out of your sight. Something's just out of your reach. It would almost be easier to just see him and be done with it, and then you're like, okay, I'm justified in my freaking out, but when it's something, that's just out your reach, when nobody else can, is paying attention to it, you kind of think, when you're in the shower, oh, I feel like, there's somebody on the other side of the door, when you're in your bedroom, you're thinking, oh I feel like there's somebody in, in the bathroom, like that's, that's really, really unnerving, and I can't imagine, how horrible it must have been, to be in that house, terrified all of the time, and I'm glad, I'm glad that you didn't have to be there anymore, and, in a way i'm glad that your mum told me told you what happened because it's kind of it's a double edged sword really because on one hand you don't want to be justified in those feelings because you don't want to think oh my god i was right all that time there was a man just out of sight all the time but on the other hand it makes you feel like oh i'm not i'm not actually crazy or i didn't imagine that and kudos to you for helping people out in your in your later years you know that you've sort of recognized that This is something that maybe you could that could be useful to people. But I don't think you should feel bad about not helping people sooner. If you chose never to help people, then that would equally be an okay choice, too. So I'd never feel bad about it thank you so much for listening to today's episode thank you to jared and Kristen for sending in your stories remember the last story came from the 19th of september 2022 and if you would like to send in your story you can do so by emailing it to gmail.com. you can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com and if you are desperate for extra spooky content you can sign up to our patreon that is patreon.com forward slash stories, where for five dollars a month or two dollars a month you get access to heaps of extra content as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad free. And on that note, I shall see you next time.